Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and sitting here across from me is Jay Jones. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? It's going well. Awesome. We've got uh, Free For All Friday. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had Free For All in a, in a couple of weeks, and people mm-hmm. have been asking about it. Has it been a couple of weeks since we had one? I think so. I feel like we did a mega free for We did a mega one. What was it on? Remember? I don't know. It's not. You're asking me to. Remember. You're asking me to remember. That's how important these episodes are. <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't even remember them. But we're on like a hundred, a yeah. hundred and sixty somethingth episode. Okay. Yeah. We're getting up there. Yeah. So. Pretty good for uh, two weeks. Two a week. Yeah. Every week it used to be three. So yeah, not bad. So free for all Friday, we're back. People people enjoy free for all Friday. I guess they yeah. uh, when we don't have it, we we hear from people. Yeah, yeah. Of course, some people just use our podcast as uh, their calendar so that they know what day yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, and that's on them. That's not <laughs> our fault if you don't know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, we've had some some uh, some pretty pretty fun ones, pretty good ones, some serious, more serious ones. I don't I don't know what you'd call this one. This one will be more. I guess more on the serious, but the beginning, we'll laugh because we don't want to cry. <laughs> We're talking yeah. about the SBC again. Uh-huh. So I guess we got to have to, right? Right. It's just uh, too much in the news about the SBC again. You know, uh, if our church just leaves the convention, we don't have to talk about them ever again. Yeah. <laughs> That's another, we'll just put that on the, the list of pros. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So we'll uh, we'll talk about the SBC, and then maybe you know we'll have time. Let's talk a little bit about vaccine mandates. Okay, talk about that. Okay. Um, so Ed Litton's back. He's back in the. Well, he never went away, and that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because uh, his blatant <clears throat> plagiarism now is just being defended in all kinds of strange ways. Right. He's uh, being, yeah. He's being defended by people. Like it, it's so weird and crazy, and then he's not himself, not even being honest about what he did at Southwestern. So we'll have a couple of clips, George. Right. He's now he's sitting at a seminary that trains preachers, mm-hmm. and he's not even going to be honest about what happened with his plagiarism. Right. Uh, those that don't know, I don't know how. Like if you listen to this podcast, you wouldn't know, <clears throat> but he plagiarized J.D. Greer's like apparently the entire Roman series, and some sermons were just like word for word. He even used will show illustrations, right? As if they were him doing these things. So pretty bad uh, and blatant uh, plagiarism. I asked George. I said, "Hey George, um, when you were at seminary, because we both went to uh, seminary, and yet we both had preaching classes. We had to write our own. Did you write your own sermons in preaching class, George? Yes. It's so strange. You actually like broke the Bible open, did oh, yeah. exegesis of the text." Mm-hmm. Came up with your own outline, even? Yeah. Dang. And you are... Illustrations. Wow. They were my own illustrations. So yeah, everyone who goes to seminary does that. Now just imagine, George, that you preach one of Adrian Rogers' sermons word for word. Right. Do you think it would have gone well for you in class? No. What might have happened to you as a seminary? <clears throat> um, best case scenario, fail the class. Worst case? Get kicked out. Get kicked out of school? Uh-huh. Oh, that's so odd, because our president 
is still the president. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe we have a credibility problem. My problem with uh, the way that, and well, <laughs> one of the most bizarre um, defenses of Ed Litton um, showed up on Twitter yeah. uh, three days ago. Uh-huh. What's so bizarre is they are treating Ed Litton like he's some kind of champion. Right. I didn't even know who this guy was until, what, four four months ago? Yeah. I didn't even know who he was. And then he and said, now, you will. Now he's he's the he's the the president of the convention. It has been very clearly exposed um, that he is using other people's outlines and yeah. illustrations. Well, not and just, a, and application. And right? it's, oh yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. Um, and and not even just JD Greer's. It goes back a long time ago to Tim Keller. Yeah. And instead of instead of holding him accountable and saying you need to step down, right? You need to resign. Instead, they're all rallying around him. He probably ought like to resign he like he church. is this hero of the faith. It's it's so bizarre. <clears throat> well, we talked about integrity and just kind of what how it's important. It should yeah. be very important for a pastor, you know, to be like <clears throat> above reproach and thought of well by outsiders. Because yeah. now even outsiders, uh, they, oh, they well, secular news sources have reported up, on yeah. this. There was an Anglican, even a conservative Anglican, wrote an article about just how, and he he just said it's it's just straight up shameful. Yeah, because he sees, you know, he's a conservative evangelical because there are a few Anglicans like that around still. Um, the guy who wrote the Two Ways to Live track, I believe, he's one okay. from Australia. Yeah, great track. Anyway, um, these are Whitfield like Anglican. Yeah, right. And he's critiquing. He's like, this is such a blatant. Violation of right. be, having any integrity, which you're to be try to you know as best as you are able mm-hmm. to live a, a life above reproach and be an example for other people, other Christians as a pastor. Right. We were talking about just integrity, and I was like, man, this is so crazy because when I was going through officer candidate school, like they told us at the beginning, honor, integrity, honesty. We will not compromise at all on these things. You will have these traits, and we like we'd memorize quotes. Like you will have these, or you'll get kicked out. So we were on a land navigation course. We were two weeks out in the middle of nowhere, you know, in Fort Benning, learning how to do land land navigation. Land navigation during the daytime is challenging over large distance distances, especially when you're first learning it. But at nighttime, it is it is very difficult, especially if there is not like a full moon, so there's low illumination. So they say, okay, you've got a red flashlight. You can use that red lens flashlight. You can get down and like put a blanket over you, you know. You don't want to give away your position. Use your red lens flashlight. Make sure your position's good on your map, whatever. Keep on going. You are not allowed to use a white lens flashlight to see where you are in the woods, to do anything. You cannot do it. Red lens flashlight only. If you use anything but a red lens flashlight, we'll consider integrity violation. So they caught a dude out there in the middle of nowhere. Of course, they're, you know, they're out there monitoring right. like ghosts in the night. Well, how creepy is that? Right? There's people in the woods watching you walk around. And uh, so they bust this guy. They kick it, they kick this guy out, man. Wow. Used a white flashlight. Yeah. I think another person got kicked out for lying, told a white lie, like a little white lie. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's a character violation. You're out. You're out. Wow. We don't want you in the officer corps. So, 
like George, George, here we are. But the uh, but the, uh, the pagan <coughs> army, the pagan army has more integrity than the SBC. Well, come on, Jay, we need to have some grace. Well, the, we we're not sh- saying we we're sh- going <laughs> we're to kick this guy out of like the church and kick him to the curb. We're yeah. saying, hey, you just lost the the privilege. Right, you, you've given you forfeited the privilege of being a leader. Right, that's a, that's a difference. Right, yeah. I don't know if we want to play the clip first or if you want me to read this tweet first. Which tweet you got? This is Bart Barber. He's let's play the tw- let's play this clip first from my iPad dies. Okay, all right, let's do it. All right, so here goes a clip. Because maybe maybe people haven't heard of this. Maybe they're uh, you know they're thinking it's not a big deal. Okay, we'll show this clip. Here's what he says, okay. and then I want to show the the clip of him uh, doing the illustration. Okay, all right. So here's Ed. So, so this is they they Southwestern invited him, mm-hmm. and this is Ed Litton's on the right. Adam Greenway, who is the president of Southwestern Theological Seminary, is on, yeah. is on the left. Yeah. Um, they are in the chapel. They are talking to seminary students yeah. who are pursuing a master's of divinity degree. Mm-hmm. Rigorous, high standards. Mm-hmm. Here's Ed Litton. Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna tell tell you what happened. At least they're talking about it. I mean that. Well, they got to. They right? they. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, a lot of them have been just kind of sweeping it under the rug like it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of have pretending. to. You kind of pre- have to do it, right? Well, they're just pretending that the uh, the old ladies aren't uh-huh. online. Well, they they're not pretending. They know that a lot of the right. older people aren't online. They're like, mm-hmm. they'll never hear about this stuff. Yeah, we can count on them continuing to give. We're good. Yeah. Check this out. Or in particular, a couple of particular cases, times where I made statements that others have been able to line up with statements that from the same text, the same passage that uh, J.D. used. Uh, so to answer your question, I don't consider that plagiarism. But let me tell you where my sin was. My sin was I did not credit him to my church. And, and it, I've been asked why. And I'm a little mystified by that too because uh, I'm very transparent with my people. And the goal of, of using material, whether it's written by R. Kent Hughes or international critical commentary or any other commentary you use is to to expound on the text and to make sure people understand the verse-by-verse meaning of that text. So that was my goal. It wasn't to become famous because, quite frankly, if that was my goal, I would not have picked J.D. Greer as someone to quote. The problem was I did not credit him, and I have repented of that to my church. I have repented that to our leadership, and quite frankly, we're in a process of changing some I'm fasting from listening to preaching right now because it turns out I have a capacity to remember statements that are made in an audible sermon that I hear that's a little too good, and sometimes it gets mixed up. A little too good, George. Poor poor Ed Litton with his big brain. Yeah. It must be such a burden (laughs) to remember. So, George, the only thing he really did wrong was some people have been able to line up some phrases Uh between him and J.D. Rear. Right. Is that what happened? Uh, no. So it, we, you didn't. It, you didn't. Sh- there's there's several clips that oh, go yeah. along with this. This was a long yeah. a long event. Um, I think you can find the whole thing all together. I think it's like an hour. Um, but he uh, he says at one point that um, oh goodness, what, what what exactly did he say? I lost it. I lost what he said. 
I, I don't remember what what he said when the, and the others, but all I know is that it came out before. Yeah, he has a team of sermon writers. Oh, they uh, he. I think it was Adam Greenway actually that he says that a lot of this has come fr- from um, anonymous online sources. Oh yeah, okay. And so they're they're playing it off like this is um, just fringe. This is just uh, a few instances where there's some similarities, yeah. and it's these anonymous sources that um, they're just trying to stir up trouble. They're just did they're, you, they're did just you, troublemakers. I mean, we're not we're not big time at all. But did you know that we're anon- that we're anonymous, George? Your humility is. I didn't. Know, I didn't know that because, when you because we do get about a hundred a hundred oh, okay. right. downloads oh, from that episode now. <laughs> okay, so your humility is very inspiring to me. I didn't know that when you uploaded this that you blurred out our faces and <laughs> yeah, we're anonymous. And, and you cut out the part where we introduce ourselves and where we're from, and yeah. we're anonymous. Or the but founder, there's or the founders guys. Founders has done it. Um, Ad Robles has done it. John Harris has done it. Um, uh, Doctor Allen at Midwestern. Well, he didn't name him though. Yeah, but it, it was pretty clear who he was talking right, about. Right. Al Mohler spoke. Al Mohler spoke about it when he was asked point blank about it in right. a chapel service. He kind of had the answer. Um. Uh. What? Uh. Protestia. Yeah. Um. Everyone knows that that's that's JD Hall. Right. Um, th- th- these are not anonymous. Yeah. These are not anonymous people that are posting this stuff. They're just trying to sweep it away, and they're they're trying to yeah. poison the well at the very beginning. Yeah. What? Uh, before we talk about that that clip, I want to talk a little bit more about that clip. But why don't you show them? Okay, I will. The, the this is this is just one. Yeah, just there one. are many videos that are lined up with JD Greer. Yeah. and Ed Litton preaching the same passage. And here's just one. Yeah. Here's just one example of what what we're talking about. But people got to keep in mind too is that like what he's saying doesn't match what's already been come out. It's already come out. Right. He preaches from a manuscript, mm-hmm. and like he's preaching from right w- word for word J.D. Greer's sermon from a. Well, manuscript. I want to I want to go back to big brain. Yeah, it's not Litton. that he's got a big brain. Like, oh, I listened to J.D. Greer's sermon. <laughs> I said some of the same things he did. Because I was just remembering. It's just yeah. it's just this curse that I have that. <laughs> and you'll see when I hit play on here, even when he does does this illustration. Yeah. Like if it's a personal illustration, like you're pretty free from your notes, right? You just look around. You're telling your story. Right. Like like if I'm doing this. This guy is tied I'm, I'm to re- his. He's tied to his. He's notes. tied to his manuscript. He's reading someone else's illustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's what something that happened to J.D. Greer. He's reading it as as if it happened to him. Right. And so let's play it before my okay. tablet dies, and then All we'll right. uh, then we'll go back and we'll we'll talk analyze more. it a we'll little bit. We'll talk more about it. Okay, yeah. you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Let's shift over. You know, when I took driver's ed, I was thinking about this the other day because my daughters are about this age where they're getting into this. And driver's ed, I had, I don't, I think they still do it, but the car that I took driver's ed in had, the guy sitting next to me had this big old brake. That's all he had. Do y'all have this, the big old brake coming out? And it meant that he could stop that car anytime he wanted. And in fact, he did it like after we'd been out about five minutes just to show me that he had it. So I wanted to turn and he just like slammed on that brake and like, you know, slamming there. And what he was showing me was, you think you're in control of this car. And I'm letting you drive, but I can stop this car anytime I want to. I took driver's ed in high school. That was a trip. I'll never forget the guy who was teaching me. I noticed he had a strange thing over, just underneath the, the glove box, there was this brake. 
And, and when I first pulled out of the parking lot, he stomped on it to show me who really boss was. And, 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 and I'll <laughs> never forget was. that. When you come to Christ, you didn't come, you basically turn over the brake. And you're like, because I would describe probably some of our spiritual lives that way. Is it Jesus is speaking to you? And you're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's go over here. That sounds awesome. Oh, I'll do that. But every once in a while, you're like, nope. You push that brake in and the car comes to a halt because you've never actually surrendered it to him. You've kept that brake right in place. To be surrendered to Jesus means you take the brake away. Many of us see our relationship to Christ that way. And I'm not talking about you're the student driver. You're the guy with the brake. And to come to Christ and to surrender to him means that you give him the steering wheel. But you need to uninstall that brake, dude. You need to stop slamming on it every time God starts moving in your life. But ultimately, he had <laughs> the veto power. He had not surrendered the car to me. Until you surrender your brake to the Holy Spirit of God. Friend, you're vetoing God. Who do you think you are? <laughs> that music gets me. That you like that? Music. You like the little oh, yeah. come to Jesus? There's nothing like some good plagiarism to some sentimental music. Right. <laughs> okay. So, Ed Litton, he, uh, he said that um, he had permission from J.D. Greer. That wasn't his sin. His sin was he didn't attribute it to his church. So, he, didn't, he doesn't consider what he did plagiarism. Well, he his, just says his, it's a phrase here or there. Right, so he, but it's but, not. Yeah, but he, he said... I don't consider that plagiarism. That's, that's what he said at, at mm -hmm. Southwestern. My sin was not attributing it to J.D. Greer when I, when I did it. Right. I, I just went on to dictionary.com here, Jay, mm. uh, and looked at plagiarism. The definition is, is an act or instance of using or closely imitating the language and thoughts of another author without authorization and the representation of that author's work as one's own as by not crediting the original author. Yeah. So the, the so this is this is, you know, the problem, right? That I I didn't consider that plagiarism. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what Ed Litton considers plagiarism. What is plagiarism? Like this is a kind of a postmodern yeah. argument for why it wasn't wrong, because well, I didn't consider it plagiarism. Well, it doesn't matter because right. it's not your truth. It's what is the definition of plagiarism? And the uh, definition of plagiarism is taking someone else's thoughts or words and not giving credit to the original author. That that is. By definition, plagiarism. Yeah, it, the the issue is at its root one of dishonesty, yeah. right? Because what what he's doing is he's presenting to his congregation the impression the congregation will get from him right. is my pastor is well studied and learned in the Book of Romans. He's come up with a, a good outline. Yeah. It communicates truth well. Oh, he's he's very creative <clears throat> in his presentation style. And even in the illustrations he used, how helpful were those illustrations that my pastor came up with? Yeah. Well, he didn't come up with any of it. All right. Um, someone else did. Yeah. But he's presenting it as if it's him. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. And he says that he's repented to his church, and I have seen tweets saying we are supposed to forgive right because he's he's repented right now i'm going to contest that mm -hmm. and say that ed Litton has not repented i don't think he has either and the reason why is 
at first he uh, when this was exposed um they took down swiped yeah they <laughs> took they down wiped, a bunch of sermons they just wiped their their uh, their youtube page of mm-hmm. 140 sermons he uh put the blame on a preaching team that he has yeah so he said he this did. was his preaching team yeah because they they help assemble the sermons. Then he said that he had JD Greer's permission. And now in this clip, do you have a preaching team though, George? I gotta ask before you keep going. Uh, I mean, there's there's other elders at the church that I'll uh, bounce ideas off of. But yeah. uh, I mean, I I told you my my sermon outline mm-hmm. for this coming Sunday. Yeah, you did. But you came up you with that on your own. You didn't write it. You came up with that on your own, George. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. You discovered it, or you I just, already put it down on the page. Well, when and, you when you discover a sermon outline, right, right? You're discovering what's in the text, right? You don't really need a creative team for that, right? <laughs> right. Um, but now Sorry, he, I just can't help myself. Yeah, but now, but now he's saying, um, "Well, it's uh, I just I I just have this uh, this superpower I just where I can remember things too a little too a I little just too, well, too well, a little yeah. too well. Yeah, it's a humble brag, right? Yeah." <laughs> you know, it's just unintentional because you know when I listen to sermons, sometimes I just remember things too well, and you know I just say sermon. It's you know the say it like you, he did. the, the uh, just say. Meanwhile, he's reading it right. Right. He's I'm reading an illustration. Right. <laughs> How lame is that anyway? Like, dude, let's go back to yeah. like basic sermon delivery. Right. If it's your illustration about your life, you don't need to look at your notes. Yeah. Just talk to the people. Again, this is what is so bizarre to me in the way that people are defending him. This guy is not a good preacher. <laughs> He's not. He is not good. I, at least I could see why people would like J.D. Greer. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. I could see why people would like J.D. Greer. Right. When you see him... He's, I mean, he's got his notes, right? And we've talked about how you know we don't like the notes in the Bible, but right. that's probably more more taste than than anything. Yeah. But he's got his notes, but he's obviously talking to the congregation. Ed Litton's got his. He's he's glued to his well, pulpit. He's glued to his notes, and he's reading it. It seems like J.D. Greer wrote a sermon for his people, right? Even, you know, we can take it with the satellite thing, get whatever, yeah. whatever. They'll never see him, but the people in front of him, he's trying to speak to them as a pastor. Yeah. When you just copy someone else's sermon and read it verbatim, yeah. You're not even thinking about your people, man. Like, yeah. <clears throat> it's not, yeah. This is this is why I don't I don't understand why people are defending him like he's this last bastion of hope for the SBC, other than the fact that he buys into the CRT stuff. I wish someone there at Southwestern would have got up and asked Adam Greenway, yeah. hey, if, if someone in your preaching class were to preach one of Paige Patterson's chapel sermons, would you uh, pass him? Right. Well, you you know that, um, what is it, Dr. Yarborough, I think he's he's one of the, the, the theological professors at Southwestern. Mm. He, he tweeted out that he's just doing theology and community, and we need to get back to that in the Baptist Ah, I, I just wonder, you know, if uh, if I was there, it would be such a temptation just to use someone else's not not verbatim. I, I don't think that Ed Litton is is taking J.D. Greer's sermon and just start to finish. 
Right. But I think he's taking big chunks of oh, it. Oh, big chunks. And I think he's taking chunks. outlines. Yeah, outlines and big chunks. Um, and he's and illustrations, obviously, and and making them his own. I would love. I mean, I would love for a, a student to get up and and do that, like just big chunks of yeah. someone else's sermon and a recognizable sermon. Right. Even even a JD Greer sermon, and then when the professor you know rakes him over the coals hey, about it, be like, "What would uh, we just had Ed Litton here, and he gave no? What would be even better, George? It'd be to rip off Ed Litton's sermon, which is a rip off of JD Greer's yeah. sermon, and preach that in chapel, right? A double rip off. And they're not even good sermons. I mean, we've talked about JD Greer's uh, you know the Bible whispers about sexual sin. Ed Litton preached the that same off. sermon. He preached, he he preached ripped, the he ripped, same he sermon. He ripped that one off. He preached that sermon too. It's not even good sermons. They're not even good theology. And yet here he is, and people are defending him. And oh, he's there, he did nothing wrong. And it, it just boggles the mind. And then for him to say, you know, I'm fasting. He says, I'm fasting from listening to preachers because I have a tendency to remember too well. Like there are heart issues. <laughs> going on with this guy mm-hmm. that are just mind-boggling. I bet he makes and about 200,000 For people George. to think that this is okay and to defend him, and uh, the, the executive committee of the SBC is meeting this week, and on Monday, Ed Litton got up to give his, whatever, his speech that, mm-hmm. that pres- the president gives, and he he chastised them. We need to we need to be ga- regaining the trust mm-hmm. of the the Southern Baptist churches. And for the goal of him to stand up and say we need to regain the trust of the SBC when he is a serial plagiarizer, it it just I, I I'm left speechless over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Tweet came out three days ago. Yeah, Bart Barber. Uh, Bart Barber, he's a pastor in the SBC. Um, I don't know if he still is a trustee. He used to be a trustee. Right. I don't know a lot about him. I know that he's a big name. People recognize him yeah, in, the, in the SBC. He's he's, a, he's well known in the upper echelons of. He's of an the SBC. Influen- influential guy, right? Yeah. So he uh, he someone tagged him in a in a tweet about how they plagiarized him in a sermon, and someone yeah. someone said way to go making you know making light of plagiarism and just kind of sweeping this stuff under the rug and so there's this long thread uh between this guy and and bart barber but i want to get to just a couple of them we don't have to do a deep dive into it but he says a few things that yeah again this is just kind of an uh, this is an illustration an example of how people are going to great lengths to defend ed Litton and to kind of downplay this whole they're calling it Sermon Gate. Right. So the the guy asked him, you know, what what if uh, what if an SBC president he he violated his marriage vows or violates the moral law of breaking into a jewelry store, robbing can, you know, robbing candy at Walmart. Bart Barber, he says uh, that guy would have transgressed the BFNM, the Baptist Faith and Message, in every one of those cases. And the guy comes back and he says, and plagiarism doesn't. And this is what Bart Barber says. He says, I can show you specific wording in the BFNM for all of those things, and we'll do so if you require it. You show me the wording in the BFNM about preaching material someone else preached first. <laughs> it's so so it's, not, it's not in the Baptist Faith and Message, Jay. It is so So you, you, should, you should go ahead and, and, uh, and do it, right? Yeah. It's so unserious. It's ridiculous. He goes on. And he says, there's not a single verse in the Bible about how to cite sources. 
the synoptic gospels don't cite each other. He says Mark's gospel is Peter's account given without any attribution at all. Mm-hmm. He says plagiarism is an academic standard that wasn't even intended until centuries after the Bible had already been written. It is a man-made protocol of how to indicate the sources of published academic work. Um, and he then goes on to say that Mark plagiarized Peter. And uh, that uh, he play- he says this, Jay, and I'm just gonna just gonna let you say whatever you want to say about this. He said Mark was not bound by any such authority. He plagiarized as God inspired him to do. Mm. I don't even know what to say. Does it even does it even deserve a a serious interaction? It's so silly. I mean. Another person jumped in and said, that's a pathetic line of reasoning. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to protect nothing that can be salvaged. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and he, he didn't respond. He was, he was gone. He was, right. that's, that's the end of the thread. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean... Uh, I, I don't know what to say, I, I don't Jay. Even, I don't even I know mean, what to they, say. These guys, they, they have gone out of their way to defend something that there's no reason for them to defend. No. Like, why are they defending this? Okay, so so he's defending and saying there's nothing wrong with this because Mark plagiarized too. God inspired him to plagiarize. Right. And then you've got Ed Litton. Well, people may not understand why because it appears that Mark listened to Peter's Right sermons uh-huh. or a long sermon. I don't know how many, but it's about his time with Jesus, and Mark recorded it. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. So like, like I don't. I don't understand. Right. He's not saying. Mark's not saying. Hey, these are my experiences with Jesus. Right. That's not what Mark's doing. Yeah. Right. That Mark, would. Mark, that would be Mark, what, Mark is basically Peter's secretary. Yeah. If he was plagiarizing, uh, in a, if he's doing what Ed Litton would do. Mark would be presenting Peter's experiences with Jesus as his own. Right. That's the best way that I could maybe just mm-hmm. refute what he's saying. Right. And that's not what he's doing. It, in modern terms, we could say that Mark is Peter's ghostwriter. That's right. That's not plagiarism, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the whole reason why we know it's Peter, <laughs> it kind of argues against Mark mm-hmm. having plagiarized. Yeah. Right. Here's here's the here's the you know the the cognitive dissonance here. You've got you've got Bart Barber and others who are or defending it and saying there's nothing wrong with it. Show me in the BFNM where it says that. Show me in the Bible where it says you know you can't can't preach someone else's sermon. But then you've got Ed Litton over here at Southwestern saying that he's repented to his church. What's he repenting? What's of he yet? repenting of? Yeah, yeah. So you've got what it which which one is it? Did he do something wrong, or did he not do anything wrong? Is it just because he's got a big brain and he he just can't help? I, I can't help but remember stuff. So I've got to stop listening to other pastors. I can't listen to anyone preach, or or I might be I might just accidentally steal their. <laughs> I might right. hear them give an illustration from their own life, and then I'll remember it and think it was my own. Yeah, that's so weird. I mean, something is. Yeah. Like this is the this is how bad the SBC has gotten. Yeah, and um, I listen to to Ad Robles quite a bit. He's talked about this. He's mm-hmm. he's not SBC. He's Presbyterian, but he's he's talked about it because everyone's talking about it, right. right? And he said that this scandal really is God's grace to the SBC mm-hmm. because God has in His sovereignty set the bar so low. 
Here is something that even secular news sources have picked up on and know that this ain't right. Yep. Yep. And all the all the leadership of the SBC has to do is come out and say this was wrong. Yep. Ed Litton needs to resign. That's it. It's crystal clear. Yep, that's all. But they won't do it. They won't do it. They won't no, do it. That's won't. that's how corrupt and how bad the SBC has gotten. That that the bar can be set so low that even the even the secular world, the world's watching, right, Jay? Yeah. Well, many the people, world is watching, and they still they still can't do it. I think many people in the SBC really hold the SBC in a in a, in a place of idolatry. Yeah. In their heart, they think that the institution must survive mm-hmm. above all else. Like the kingdom needs the SBC. Right. That's the impression I get anyway of coming to the SBC late. Yeah. Right in life. Um, that we're so important we can't fail. We're too big to fail, right? right. Like uh, like the motor corporations that had to be bailed out when the when the, <laughs> right. when the market all started to collapse. Yeah. The SBC is too big to fail. So protect the institution above all else. Right. It's really exposing a lot of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I mean the the executive committee. Yeah. They were voting on a resolution that was passed. Um, right. At the convention uh-huh. on sexual abuse yeah. and and investigating the sexual abuse cover ups that have been uh, that allegedly occurred right. in the executive committee, uh-huh. and um, the, well, the, the the majority of the executive committee trustees voted against um, waiving attorney client privilege. Yeah the uh, the messengers last year voted. Like thirteen thousand people voted. I mean, it was huge. I think it was around thirteen thousand to uh, to have a third party investigation into the executive committee. Executive mm-hmm. committee kind of runs the SBC year as the like year round, right? Yeah. The SBC only exists for that short time, once a week or one week out of the year, right. when everyone convenes, and then they equip with uh, authority, delegated authority from the churches, how it's supposed to be, into these trustees and into the executive committee to run the affairs of things all, all year. They voted to have a third-party investigation into the prior executive committee, I guess, because that changes every two years, maybe. Um, I don't know exactly how long you serve on that. I think that's two or three. I think there's different, there's different, different times. Um, there's different times, yeah. And, uh, so a third-party investigation according to some this criteria, right? And that criteria would be, okay, this isn't an investigation by uh, the government or a criminal investigation, so we're, we would ask that you waive attorney-client privilege, and that way we can get to the bottom of what actually happened. We just want the truth to come out. And so the, uh, the executive committee voted overwhelmingly against that. Uh, so they defied the wills of, the will of the messengers for the first time in the history of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. The executive committee decided to do their own thing and say, "No, we'll have a third party investigation, but we'll do it according to how what how we say the investigation should take place." Meaning, they won't waive it. Now you yeah. can understand why we talked about this. If you've done something a little bit shady, George, yep, do you want to waive attorney client privilege? Probably not. No, and the reason being is because you could be sued you're expo- later. You're exposing yourself. Yeah. Now, not saying that this would go to criminal court, but if the truth comes out and you did something wrong, well, then you could be sued in civil court. Yeah. And I think that's what's behind it. It, it appears that there were some cover-ups or shady stuff that's gone on, and now, unfortunately, 
um, people are protecting the institution, in their mind, protecting the institution Mm -hmm. above letting the truth come out for these uh, sexual abuse victims. Right. So. Mm. Need to just burn the whole thing down, Jay. Well, apparently, apparently God's burning it down. I mean, yeah. we just maybe just sit here and, yeah. and, and watch. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's there's obvious um, signs of God's judgment on the SBC for just a variety of, yeah. of things. Uh, before we go to our next topic, I just wanted to ask you, have you ever given to the uh, given an offering to the church that goes to the cooperative program, Jay? To our church? To just any church. You oh, ever give, yeah. You ever give to the cooperative program? For sure. Well, I just I just want to thank you for some of the, the <laughs> swag that uh, that yeah. is given out. So Let, let's see it. So uh, let's see what you got. First, is we've got these uh, these nice little uh, water bottles. Oh, it says no. Future Nam Missionary North American Mission Board. Good check. check oh, that nice. Out. You got this uh, at the convention. So at the convention, it's uh, it it's like going to a you know any any kind of convention that's got booths set up and and these vendors are putting up uh they have free stuff that you can grab uh-huh. probably to get traffic right yeah well nam north american mission board they give the good stuff uh-huh. so you got these water bottles uh at this this is this is super nice right here i've used this several times send relief this is from this is here. from nam what do we got in here george it's a little uh Little toolkit, little we'll traveling. S- oh, I was going to say, we'll s- tool- it looks toolkit. like it might be like a little Bible in here. Nope. <laughs> and then I open it up, and it's a traveling. Now it's a nice little traveling, traveling. Uh, there you go. Toolkit. Got a couple sockets, screwdriver, uh, some. Uh, got some Allen wrenches in there. Allen got, wrenches. A you got a level. measuring tape. Yeah, I got There's a level. A little level uh-huh. here in case yeah. you want to do some carpentry on the road. Yeah, nice, nice screwdriver. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this is all given free. All given free. Uh, Julia went on. Uh, Julia went online to look up how much these costs from just the vendor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thirteen sixty four. Dang. Thirteen dollars and sixty four cents. Now I'm sure that Nam got a discount for water bottles. Bulk, but they also put their logo on the it. logo on there, so that's got to cost some money, right? Uh, this uh, this actually was surprising. This actually cost quite a bit more than this. That's weird. This is eight dollars and eighty six cents. Well, that was probably made by some children in China. Oh, it's made in China. It, oh, there's yeah, a thing there in there that says "Made in China." Made by slave labor. Uh, yeah, probably. It's probably the Uyghurs. Um, but uh, they've also got to put the mm-hmm. you know, thing on there. But ha, ha, hey, that's there's some irony there for you. Send relief. Right. Made by. Uh huh. Right. People in China. The, poor people in China. Right. Um, but Nam also gave away uh, bags, pens, and fidget spinners. Um, so fidget spinners are kind of three years ago. Well, I, I'm not defending what they're <laughs> giving out. I'm just saying that um, we need to be a little bit uh, honest about the fact that when uh, you're giving to the cooperative program and it goes to Nam, and you think it's going for uh, church planting, it's going for church planting. Big it's, time. It's waste. helping me, uh, you know, screw in something at my house with yeah. uh, with the screwdriver. Yeah. Well, everyone's a missionary. So this is. I mean, this everyone's is. Everyone's a missionary. Right. Isn't that what everybody says <laughs> this, nowadays? This is. Uh, this is some you know little old lady's offering. Preacher's got to be hydrated. <laughs> right. That's. You could you could work for uh you could work for the SBCJ yeah. with all the way that you spend stuff. So 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 tell the people about your the experience uh at your uh, at a church you know of. I'll keep it vague. Yeah. And then 
the church is debating, do we give continue to give to the SBC? And then someone speaks up. Yeah, I mean, there's... This is uh, what they're banking on. Right. Um, well, I don't think that they would mind okay. me saying this is, this is my... I don't, I don't think they would mind at all. Right. <laughs> this is uh, this is my in-laws' church. They're they're currently debating um, giving to the cooperative program because uh, my in-laws are they're they're right in line with us. They they see the corruption. They see the waste. Um, they see the uh, the leadership. They're teaching things and supporting things that that are just anti-biblical. I mean the the critical race theory and the, all the social justice stuff. Um, the things that leadership have said um, uh, that is just antithetical to the gospel, and they they want to see change, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're they're arguing that the their church needs to suspend giving mm-hmm. to uh, to cooperative program, and they're meeting some resistance. But the the saddest the saddest comment that uh, that they told me was um, after and my father in law he is very detailed. He's like you, Jay. <laughs> He's very much like you. Um, very detailed. Um, you know, very like. Here's everything that that's going on. And after he gives this big like PowerPoint presentation, um, this old lady at the church, this little old lady, says, well, "I just think we need to keep giving to the cooperative program." Yeah, it's so ingrained in us that that is SBC above everything. everything. Yeah. And uh, well, it's you know they say that it's going for missions, and so we just trust them. Right. We we do not need to be not that naive. Mm-hmm. We need to communicate clearly to our churches that there is a lot of things wrong with the SBC right now, and in my opinion, it's not worth giving giving to. Right. We suspended giving. At we our suspended church. giving. Um, I don't. I really don't think that it's worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it is. It will be a fight. And the people that want to stay in, they have to say we're we're willing to fight. Well, there's a ton of money involved now, and mm-hmm. and people's jobs, tons of jobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's top. It's too top heavy. That's it's, one problem. You know, there are too tr- there are too many jobs. I I liken it to to the government, to yeah. the federal government. Trump came in with his promise to drain the swamp, right? And what did he discover? I mean, it's all the swamp. Yeah, it's just it's so it's so bad that it would take longer than even an eight eight year presidency to to do any effective thing. It's the same with the SBC. Um, The leadership is so entrenched. There, there's the buddy system is so is so strong. The uh, you know protecting the institutions are. I mean, it's it's so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're willing to stay, you have to be willing to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no reason to say, well, let's stay in the SBC, but I'm not going to go to the convention and you know try to try to vote things differently. Like if you want to stay, you've got to fight. Well, you could. In my, in my opinion, I I just I just don't think it's worth fighting. You for. could try to fight, but I mean, people people are going to uh, looks like they'll slander you and <laughs> right. Do all say all kinds of evil things about you. Yeah. Yeah, they may even call and get you fired, which mm. there's a lawsuit going on right now between a, a state employee of a state association and NAM. Mm. Uh, we're not supposed to sue each other, but this is the person's last, right. I guess, this is his last uh, ditch effort to salvage his own reputation because wherever he goes, 
uh, they would call and like sabotage his employment. Pretty mm-hmm. bad stuff. And all of these institutions, the executive committee, which is just a bunch of volunteers, mm-hmm. um, the president, the uh, the seminaries, the ERLC, NAM, uh, IMB, all of these things are supposed to be servants of the church, They're of the churches, be, yeah. the, the yeah. local church. So it's it's not supposed to be it's not supposed to be these guys are in charge and we just need to follow their lead. No, it's the opposite. The local churches are are supposed to be the top of the the SBC authority. Mm-hmm. And over time, as it's been bloated and there's money involved and there's power and there's book deals and, and all of this stuff, it's just flipped. And now the local churches really don't have any say. Right. Um, it's It's all... Just trust the leadership. Just do what they say. They've got, you know, they gospel above all. And um, I, I just don't think that it's worth fighting for. I think it's, I think it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been SBC my entire life. I'm 40, and and I've been SBC since <laughs> the first time I took a breath, George. And I just don't think it's worth fighting for. Yeah, you're a man. You're 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. People might not. People understand. don't even know what they that know is. That then that happened like they're going to have to Google it now. Fifteen years ago. If you're, if you're listening and you want a, some fun, <laughs> some fun times and some good laughs, Google "I'm a man, I'm 40, or check it out on YouTube. It'll be fun. You'll get a good kick out of it. Well, George, I think we're a little long now to start this next segment because we wanted to have just like a a, a rational non-emotional conversation about vaccine mandates, mm-hmm. right? I don't think we have time to do that because we're at 45 minutes. So I think we'll just shut this podcast down and maybe next week we'll just have a rational. Maybe we can find ourselves a microbiologist to bring on here or something. Do you think we could? I have no idea. So that would be kind of, <laughs> I, I think that would be kind of interesting, yeah. wouldn't you? It would. What would be cool is if we could have um, a pro-vax, an anti-vax, a microbiologist on here. How will we get everybody around this table? Because the one thing I'm not happy about is the way Christians dialogue about this. It's yeah. pretty sad, honestly. Right. Yeah, it's pretty sad that the way that people aren't able to have a conversation about things. So well, uh, and also I think the way that we're not thinking about things from a biblical worldview. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but uh, we'll just have to save that for next time, I guess. Yeah, let's save it. Okay, so that's a little teaser. A little, little teaser for next. Next free for all. Somebody knows a microbiologist. People are going to be mad if we uh, if we don't do it next week, Jay. I need I need I need a microbiologist. Where can I find one? I doubt anybody will drive down here for a MOU, but no. I could. There's there obviously we could find one there. Yeah, I don't know about. You think they got any at Cameron? Like like I, I don't. Oh, I, I, have I no mean idea. like like a real microbiologist. Yeah, I don't know. Not like a, you know. Well, I, maybe there are some real ones over there. Someone who could talk. Maybe we should just find mm-hmm. us like a virologist. Let's go big. Do you have Fauci on speed dial? I don't. I'm not looking for a politician, George. I'm looking for a virologist, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want somebody who spends their life like in one of those bubble suits, uh-huh. like like working on stuff, and you know they get punctured and they take out the tape and smack it on there so that they did don't you, die. Did you see? I know. I That's know that we for. we've still got a little bit of time. We can fill in <laughs> fill in a little bit of time. Did you see the article that that there's evidence that they were actively infecting wild bats with different viruses? Oh yeah, yeah. 
I've been I've been reading on this stuff. Have for, you been up on that for months? I, for, months a, now? for a year. For a year. I now. think if you were to go back and listen to the podcast, I first brought this up over a year ago. Okay. That they were researching. Uh, they were doing this type of research on these bats. Of course, back then people would say you're conspiracy theorists for even proposing such nonsense. Right. But then it's come out, yeah, that they were doing that type of research there. Mm. Have you seen John Stewart talk about it? Uh, we got to play that clip, man. Okay. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, where he's in? where he's talking, where he's on the uh, uh, what with uh, Colbert. Colbert, think, yeah. yeah, and Colbert's trying to shut him down. Yeah, he's trying he's to make, make him making light. He's of like, it, let's but... see, uh, coronavirus breaks out <laughs> right next to the facility where they experiment on coronavirus. Right. You know, and he has, it's real funny. But he just shows the like how obvious right. it is. This, yeah. you know, this is one of two places on the earth where they do these experiments. Right. Uh, that we know of. <laughs> right. So. Well, it's about yeah. time to shut it down. Who wants to okay, shut it down? That's, prob- to, that's probably a good place down? to shut it down before it gets too too out of hand. You shut it down. I started you it. You want me to shut it down? Okay, I started yeah. it. What that, are you did, talking about? I started it. Are you sure? Oh yeah, free for all Friday. Uh, oh, you're need, right. You do did. we need a third? We need I, I a third. We need Larry to jump okay. in and tell okay. and and set you straight. I'll do it. I'll all right, here we go. <laughs> okay, I'll hit the button, and that'll that'll cue us. All right. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening today or watching uh, Conform to Christ podcast, free for all Friday. Hopefully, it's uh, been beneficial and maybe even a little enter- entertaining for you on your drive. Or uh, hopefully, it hasn't been too depressing. Hopefully, you're not watching YouTube while you're driving, but. <laughs> Um, if you are, at least maybe it's where the map is on the front of your dash. Could be a little safe. Um, don't watch and drive. But if this is beneficial to you, please like, subscribe, and share. You know you guys can write a review too. That would be awesome. That would be great. That would be helpful. It's our uh, desire and our hope that everything we do helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ. See you next time.